0: My name is Ian Boswell. I was a world tour professional cyclist for seven years. Skyrider in the USA is a fighter. Well, Ian
1: Boswell is turning up the cranks. Also the host of this fine podcast,
0: Breakfast with Boz, being served by Wahoo breakfast with boz podcast dives into the world of endurance sports
1: whether it's cycling multi-sport running anything that inspires us to get out and move we cover right here on breakfast with boz let's get cooking on
0: breakfast with boz Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Breakfast with Boz, being served by Wahoo. I'm your host, Ian Boswell. It is early December. It is 20 degrees Fahrenheit outside, which is, I don't know, minus 2 degrees Celsius. And for breakfast this morning, we had frozen smoothies. (laughs) Big surprise to have a frozen beverage on such a cold and chilly morning. But ever since returning from Mexico, where smoothies were a common part of our breakfast, Our daughter has been loving them, so we threw some banana, yogurt, spinach, and blueberries that we picked this past summer and that have been waiting patiently in the freezer into a blender, and there you go, a little cold treat for a cold morning. But something a little bit warmer is my podcast guest today. I'm sure many of you are familiar with Lachlan Morton. I've been racing with Lachlan since 2010, when we first raced together, or I guess against each other at the tour of utah our paths have taken fairly similar trajectories um he was racing over at the slipstream organization when i was at sky and then we've both transitioned to gravel lachlan has now transitioned or i guess mixing both the gravel side with this ultra endurance bike packing bike adventure racing which i have yet to dip my toe into but This summer, Lachlan took on the fastest known time for the Tour Divide Route, which starts up in Banff, Canada, and follows the Rocky Mountains all the way down to the Mexican border. Lachlan set out some pretty big ambitions, but he also did it in his own unique way, which involved more sleeping. So I wanted to get a take on Lachlan and just his transition from our paths kind of being very parallel growing up to really him finding his own way in the sport of cycling and really what seems to be his true love for the sport, and that is just getting out and riding and challenging himself. So, without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode and my guest and friend, Lachlan Morton.
1: Alright, Lachlan, welcome to the show. I think you were actually on at Sea Otter last year. I caught you quickly in the parking lot before the first uh lifetime Grand Prix event. I guess yeah. I mean, yeah. It was, right. yeah.
2: Ever. Stupid. It was.
1: It was. And now uh, yeah, a year plus into it. And uh yeah, I mean, I before we get started on to all this, um I very seldom actually like take notes before I do a podcast. Like but like because ironically we've actually had a really long kind of journey together like you know we've never been teammates we like even seldomly still race together and like almost never race together in the world tour it was like a handful of races um yeah but my first question for you is do you remember the first time we ever raced together
2: uh i think it was through utah uh 20 what would that have been uh 10 or 11 or something
1: yeah it was 20 is that right yeah it was 2010 um and I hadn't, yeah. I mean, because like, I think you were racing with the, was it the Chipotle Devo team? Or maybe it was like, I can't remember if you were like stagiered yeah. with the pro team, um, but I remember we had this- No, like, we were with the Devo team. Yeah. We had this battle up, I guess up to big, or what is it? Not Alta. Um,
2: uh,
1: the yeah. ski resort, yeah, yeah. the I last remember. stage. Yeah. But you and I were like fighting for the best young riders jersey and the podium. And I remember JV that's was right. driving the team car and came up, or maybe someone else was driving, he was in the passenger seat and he was like banging on the side yeah. of the car.
0: Come on, Lachlan, you can drop him. He's about
1: to crack. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like from from then on, I was like, oh, like, I mean, I think everyone, you know, who kind of knew you already, especially like, you know, in that boulder scene, like, you know, knew who you were, knew your abilities, but that was the first time I, I got to see your race. And that's goodness, 13 years ago now. Yeah, I know, man.
2: I know, and it's gone quick. But um, I still, yeah, I still, like, remember that race specifically pretty well. Um, like, I'm not – I don't have, like, the Cavendish, like, recall, you know, of, like, remembering, like, a bunch of races. But, yeah, that one definitely sticks out. It was kind of like – I don't know. I guess we both kind of arrived on the road scene through <laughs> Utah 2010.
1: Yeah, well, I guess that's kind of where I want to start this is, like, your – journey into cycling I think both of us you know were captivated at that young age like you know road cycling and in the U.S. and Australia was like really blowing up you know obviously there was you know cyclists from both countries who were you know winning stages of the tour you know there were teams coming out of both of these you know locations but was that always your dream was to to be a pro road cyclist I mean you you pursued it
2: yeah yeah from like a pretty young age like when I saw we went on a family holiday to France uh, when I was like 10 or 11 and we saw a couple of stages of the tour and we'd been riding like a bit at the local club at that point. Um, But yeah, like the, the reality of actually being able to like be a professional in Australia was kind of like, you know, that's pretty abstract idea. And then like getting there, and seeing it and grasping it and realizing how big of a sport it was um, it was like a very definite decision. Like when we came home from then I was like, all right, that's what I'm going to do this. Um, and it was like, you know, all the eggs in that basket. And whenever anyone asked me what I was going to do when I was older, like that was it. Um, so I think I was at yeah, 10, 10, or 11 years old. And from that point it was like, okay, I get up 5am every morning and go training and like just to pursue this like Weird goal, But I still think, like, at that age, I didn't really grasp what that all meant. Um, but it was definitely, like, um, a pretty big life decision I made at that point.
1: Well, and, I mean, everyone knows that, like, you know, I guess it's more publicized now how hard being a professional cyclist is. I mean, what was your finding? Because we, we didn't really speak about it much, but I guess I, you know, heard murmurs and stuff of, like, you know, hey, Lachlan's struggling, in the world tour um, when you finally made that jump. And I think we all did, you know, my first season with, with Sky in 2013 was like a wash. Like there was multiple times when I like had an email drafted to Brails for like, Hey, I don't deserve the spot. I'm doing horrible. Like I came in here as like, you know, this like up, young potential rider, And I was just like, I'm not, you know, especially in 2013 team Sky was just so good. And I was like, I do not deserve this. Um, but I remember yeah. the following year. And, and you probably remember this. It was tour of Utah stage four. I think you dropped out. And I remember, yeah, uh, you know, because I—I mean, I guess at the time we were kind of like competitors, you know. Like I'm like, we knew what each other were doing, but we weren't like, so we weren't on the same team. And I remember you leaving the hotel the next stage to like ride the course. You—you you, you didn't finish the day before. Be like, I'm still going to go ride the course. And I was like this guy's nuts, you know, like it was like pouring rain. There was like a big stage in, you know, in the Austrian Alps and you went and did it. And yeah. it kind of felt like a bit of like a soul searching ride. Like, what am I doing here? Like, do you remember that? Do you remember that moment? Cause I remember you like rolling yeah. out of the parking lot. I was like eating a strudel or something in the breakfast buffet. And I was like, wow, look at that.
2: Yeah, no, I, uh, I was forced to do that. <laughs> it was my director, Johnny Waltz and I was sick. And like I'd been riding really well going into that and was like, okay, like, you know, he felt like things were on track. Um and then yeah, it was sick. Let's get my ass kicked, pulled out, and then yeah, Johnny Welts was like, Okay, you have to go ride this stage and it was me and Lassie, uh and he like disappeared during the night, went home (laughs) and so then it was just me. And uh I was like, all right, I headed out this ride. And like you said, the weather was horrible. And I left, like, just before the stage, then had to stop. Race came through. We went up over some massive pass and, like, didn't have enough clothes. And then, like, the stage went through a bunch of tunnels and stuff at the end, that I couldn't ride. And so it ended up being this huge ride. And I got to the finish, and they were, like, packing the finish out, And there was just no one there. And I was like, shit, I had to find, like, the team hotel. It was up some other climb. And I was just like, I don't know, I had like a definite realization there that it was like, you had this feeling, or well, every team I'd been on before that, it was like, you know, people care about you, people are like, you know, have your best interests at heart, whatever. And I was like, these guys just like left me out here. <laughs> you know, like, um, you're kind of on your own here. And yeah, I, d- I made like a definite decision after that day. I was like, all right. Um, I'm leaving this, <laughs> you know, I'm going back to the States. Like, uh, I don't need like, I don't know, to be in this environment anymore. Um, so like, I think like, Johnny had this idea of like, I'll teach him a lesson, pulling out of a race or whatever. And I did learn a good lesson, but I don't know if it's the lesson he had in mind. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, and I guess that's like kind of the reality of, and, and, and cycling continually evolves and changes, you know, maybe there's more, emphasis on supporting riders and you know kind of the mental health side of it but i feel like you know both of us came in this time where there was like these senior riders in the team you know at, for, at, at sky it was you know bernie ice i'm like hey ian this is how you do it you know like you don't drop out of races yeah. you get through it, like oh you say your knee's hurting but i see you walk down the stairs just fine and and you know now it's like you know that culture has probably shifted i mean we're neither of us are in it you know as much as we were but do you ever feel like there was a bit of delusion between what you were sold being a pro cyclist was and kind of what you experienced, like, especially in the early part of your career. You know, I think in those early days, yeah. you know, 2013, 14, it was like, I was like, whoa, this is way different than I thought it was going to be.
2: For me, it was like that realization of when you got off the plane, you know, like in Europe to like an empty apartment and then you kind of sat down, looked around you're like, oh, wow, it's like, it's just me here. you know, and like, I'm a long way from home. And, um, yeah, I guess like my whole life now is just going to be training and racing and like trying to win bike races, I guess. Uh, and it was like a very kind of like a lonely feeling. Well, for me it was, um, and you know, I like, I got along with my teammates. Um, but like you said, it was a kind of a weird era where there was Definitely, like, uh, a group of older established riders, especially in our team, um, who I got on with really well when they were all, like, in, like, their final year or two years, you know? Uh, So they were all kind of moving on. And, yeah, I just never felt like I created, like, a a community in that part because I was so focused on, you know, racing and trying to do well that, um, yeah, it was just, like, a very unsustainable kind of way to live also like you've kind of reached that goal you know of like getting there and then it's like all right now what like you're trying to reassess and at that point like you're getting your head kicked in at every race (laughs) and you're like well how good can I really be yeah I don't know it's just like a big um transition to make especially like it's like 20 years old you know you're not really like you don't really have the maturity I don't think to to kind of take the time to establish yourself and like, you know, create a way of life that you enjoy. So, um, yeah, like my, my experience was that like, I just kind of went further down the rabbit hole and isolated myself more. Um, you know, thinking that like, that was the way to achieve more, you know, even like that first year I had a few decent results like towards the end of the year. Um, and you, I kind of had this feeling of like, all right, once things start to like go well racing, like everything else will sort itself out. Um, but that's like actually when I started to feel the most kind of alone and isolated because I was like, oh, wow, well, now I'm achieving things and I still feel the same way. <laughs> I don't really have anyone to share it with. Um, and yeah, kind of, you know, that was the first year in the world tour. And then I did a trip with my brother like that off season and, like had time to really assess things. And I was like, oh, I need to make some some changes here because like I'm you know, deeply unhappy <laughs> doing this.
1: Yeah, well, and I was going to say like how much influence did that, you know, your brother and I did, your brother and not me, your, your brother and you did that thereabouts <laughs> trip in, in Australia. And that was, you know, I think at the time kind of seen as like this crazy adventure. And I think it was also for people on the inside of, professional road cycling, like oh man like Lachlan's dropped off the map like he's like he's into this different thing like what is he doing like he's not coming back um and yeah. I guess and it was like a huge shift for you because you did come back and then you raced you know domestically in, in the U.S. after that but you came back and you like you crushed it like you know I remember seeing you at Cascade Cycling Classic I was back in Bend visiting my family that summer and I was like oh Lachlan's crushing this then you went on to tour Utah and like you also saw this spark and love of the bike again that like at the time I was like, Oh, like well, he's back at the domestic level, but I was like, but he looks really happy and he's like winning races and having fun. And I'm like, cool. I'm on the big team, but like, I'm still just getting, you know, getting steamrolled every weekend.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like there wasn't any intention behind like that, that trip. Um, it was just like, all right, let's go do something different. Uh, Cause we were both kind of in like transitional periods, I guess, you know, life. Um, and, yeah. We just kind of lucked out and it was like the perfect thing that we both needed, you know, like there's like not many people in the outback. Um, it's just like big open spaces and we're just riding these big, long, straight roads out out to the middle of the country. So like lots of time to think. Um, and then also like, you know, my brother and I are very close. Um, so you can kind of have conversations that you probably wouldn't have had with anyone else. Um, and he'd been through the process of like stepping out of cycling at that point. Um, so it kind of gave me perspective on like, okay, there is another option and there is a life that, you know, exists beyond just competing and and pushing yourself on a bike. Um, so yeah, I guess that just kind of like helped me reassess. And I knew I had to remove myself from that environment to even work out what I wanted. Um, And the first year back, racing domestically with Jelly Belly, um, like I had every intention of just sort of doing that year and then working out what I was going to do afterwards, you know, just to have like time. Um, But yeah, through that process of just like realizing it was definitely an environmental thing, you know, and I moved back in with my parents, was living at home, Um, Rachel, my wife came and, and lived with me and then even just the the team environment was so like small and intimate and like, you know, we we all really cared about each other and, and and like the racing was you know, no one was doing it to make money. It was just like for the for the passion of it. And through that process I just kind of like fell in love with it in in my own way. Um just purely for the love mm. of doing it, not trying to like achieve anything. Uh and I realised like, you know, i if I didn't go back and try racing in the world tour again, like on my own terms a bit, like with the maturity and like experience that I would always know that was something undone. Um and through those like few results I kinda had there at Jelly Belly, there was an opportunity to do it and I was like, you know what, I need to go back and just do this. Um so I can either like close that chapter or, you know, explore further. So, um, yeah, that's like a, a really great period of my life and and, and really like, I don't know, I just had a chance to like grow up there, I think, you know, and, and reassess and like realize that, you know, like racing a bike for a living is a sweet job (laughs) if you just like approach it the right way. You know, it's like, there's, there's no better job out there for me. So, um, yeah, I, I had that time, which, you know, forever breaking as well.
1: Well, and when you did come back to the world tour with with Dimension Data, we had like another moment together on the top of Gibraltar. Um, in yeah. The tour of, yeah. Tour of California 2018. I think we were both kind of like our team's GC leaders. I was at Katusha at the time. Like I said, you were at Dimension Data. You yeah. know, it was both the day, like, cool, this is our stage. Like, I was in Santa Barbara for the week before training. I went slower in the race up the climb than I did in training. You know, we just, I think Bernal, like, just, you know, whipped everyone's butt up the Want climb. This. And there's a ridge yeah. road to get back to the buses, and we were just riding and chatting. And I think you had also put a lot into the race. You know, you'd come back with the kind yeah. of a new perspective. And, you know, this was like, you know, I think the year before we had also both done well. Unfortunately, you broke your chain on the start line of the time trial. I remember seeing that happen. Yeah. Um yeah. But you just said something along the lines of, like, I've done everything I was willing to do to, like, and this is where I'm at. And it was a very mature statement. And it was, and it was like just in, you know, there's a lot of sacrifices that cyclists make, you know, as you met, you know, yeah. just time away from family and altitude camps and, you know, dieting and all these things. And I think it like resonates with me even today, like, given everything that you want out of your life is quality, like the quality of your life and how you want to balance racing a bike, you know, home life you just made that statement of like, I've done everything I'm willing to do and this is my level, you know? And, and yes, you could, yeah. you could maybe be a kilo lighter. You could maybe train another five hours a week. You could maybe spend more time at altitude, but you're like, this is my, this is where I'm at. And it was like this a very, limit. yeah. And, and it was, it was a very mature thing for you to say.
2: Yeah. I, I distinctly remember that. Cause I was like, yeah, we'd ridden well in that race the year before. And, um, the way I'd approached it the year before, I was just kind of like, Oh yeah, another race, you know, like, um, didn't do anything special. Then it was like the team were like, all right, you're up, you know, we're all behind you for this. Um, it was a world tour race at that point, And like, yeah, I, I don't think there'd been any other world tour races where it was like, all right, you're, you're the man. Um, and to do that justice, as you said, you kind of like, you put in the work, um, as i said to that level though you know because i've been down the rabbit hole before where i was like i'm not going back there um so yeah i I did that race the result was what it was and that was a realization of like all right like what can i really achieve here in the world tour you know like um my impact like within cycling like what do i really want to do um and i was like i could you know, try and come like top 10 into California for the next like six years, you know, or like like doing this or, or and it, it wasn't like overly rewarding. Um, and I never really enjoyed the process of like being the leader anyway. Um, like that pressure, you know, I would always like any race that was like that, even if it was going well, I was just like, Oh sweet. I can't wait until this week's over. <laughs> just like, uh, relax. Uh, so yeah, at that point I was like, "All right, what's kind of next?" You know, beyond this, which is when it's so like right around that time, the opportunity with um, like EF came around, and there was like space to do things outside of world tour racing. And I was like, "All right, I'm I'm doing that." <laughs> you know, it was like this opportunity want to come around again, and, and I'm gonna like grab it with both hands, um, because yeah, like I mean you do like those road races and tours like all over the world um in you know amazing different places but the experience is very similar you know at all of them um you kind of go through the same protocols after the stage and you know you spend time in a lot of different hotels um and you know think about like i'd love to come back here one day (laughs) you know like everywhere you go uh and i was sort of like well what if i could have like a a proper i guess like human experience while doing bike racing at the same time and that kind of all came together in that like we call it like the alternative calendar at that point um but yeah like it was uh Start like it was an eye opening kind of experience to to go to different bike races and still, you know, call it a job. But you're really just kind of like hanging out, meeting new people, you know, um, doing things that made you uncomfortable. And like, yeah, it was like kind of a I didn't know exactly what it was going to be before, but then when I stepped into it, I was like, all right, this is I feel like I'm doing what I was meant to do. Yeah,
1: yeah. And for a while there, you were still. I think with, with Alex, you guys were still kind of like, you had your feet in both pools for a hot moment and you you were still doing world tour races, but you were also coming and doing, you know, unbound and maybe SBT and Leadville, like, and slowly it's transitioned where it's like, you're not doing any of that stuff anymore. You're just doing events that you want to do that are like completely, I would say off like the mainstream of a world tour rider. You know, like you're the only rider who's on a world tour team. I know you don't have like, you're not part of the world tour team, but like, that yeah. like system but yeah. like you're we just you're just yeah. doing this yeah
2: yeah and it was like initially it was like a very unproven concept so there was like a little bit of pressure to be like prove you could still you know cut it on the road a bit and do these other things all at the same time um but i it kind of went back to that like you know what impact am I really having? And you're like, well, by doing all these other events, it's definitely resonating with a lot more people. Um, and like during that time, I kind of like had the, I guess like realization or, or like my own definition of like, because I mean, ultimately like being a professional, it's like a, a selfish kind of pursuit in a way. Um, like you, you, Trying to carve out these results for yourself, um to I don't know, validate your own ego a bit <laughs> and also like, you know, make your own living for, for you and your family. Um and if it meant like you have to switch teams every other year, like that's that. You're kind of like in it for yourself. Um and I kind of struggled with that purpose a little bit. Um so doing these other events, I was like, oh wow, like this is inspiring just people to get on bikes generally. And I was like, that's probably, that's the real purpose of a professional athlete, right? Is to like inspire people to participate and better their own lives through that same kind of activity. Um, So I I like got a lot out of that. Um, And then also I think the team saw the value in me doing that rather than you know, going and riding on the front at like some Italian one day race somewhere, you know, like, um, and yeah, just like we slowly like took on more and more events and the road stuff started, started to take a back seat. And like, I enjoyed that transition. Like I enjoyed jumping back into road events, like sporadically in like that team environment. Um, and there was obviously like less pressure in it at that point. Um, but yeah, it just felt natural slowly to be like, all right, I don't need to be showing up to these road events anymore. (laughs) You know, it's not for me. Um, and there's a lot of younger, more hungry riders who who deserve this spot. So I was like pretty, pretty happy to like fully transition to, you know, just kind of creating a calendar that like I enjoy. Um, and I mean, it's still intense and like, it's still a lot of hard racing, um, which, I still like, uh, but yeah, it's it's like it's cool to have a a calendar you kind of put together yourself, and you identify races like just kind of based on what kind of experience you can go and have. Um, you know, like it's it's uh, yeah, it's like a dream scenario, really.
1: I mean, but what's the balance? I mean, I guess it kind of started, you've done plenty of like these, you know, ultra bike packing thing, you know, the Alt Tour, which, you know, you rode not only the whole Tour de France, but like all the transfers, you know, I think, I can't remember, was it 5,000 kilometers or something crazy? And, and,
2: yes. Yeah, it's long.
1: Yeah. It's <laughs> long. Um, you know, just recently, you know, you set the new course record I got an unofficial I think I consider it a course record if you ride your bike that long I don't care who you see out on course if someone has a camera like you 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 said a new time on uh the tour divide and doing it also in your own way which I think is really unique you know because you come to you know kind of this adventure bike packing side with a completely different perspective than someone who comes up through that you know you bring your own experience and you know speaking with a friend the other day how also your you know, if you would have jumped in to try to go for this Tour Divide, you know, in 2019, like, you wouldn't have had Oof. the experience and the knowledge that you have now. And then that's kind of yeah. sport in general. It takes time to, like, acquire these skills. But you're also balancing these trips and in these, like, adventures with, you know, you're in the Lifetime Grand Prix, and, you know, this year we're in the front group at Unbound, and, you know, you're third place at Unbound, which is a huge result, you know, aside from the adventure stuff, like, in its own right, is, is a big accomplishment now. I mean, how do you keep everything in perspective and like still manage to do these things you want to do you know ride the tour divide course even if you're not going for a record just to ride it is a huge commitment but then still have this side of like hey i also want to still race because it kind of gets back to that whole mindset of like you know i think you know what you're capable of doing like if you apply yourself you know like hey if i if i train if i prepare like i can be on the podium at you know at leadville at spt at unbound you know i could theoretically you know potentially win the lifetime grand prix do you feel like you're still being pulled in two directions of like doing those races but also the adventure
2: yeah i but i think like i enjoy i enjoy the challenge of trying to put different things together um like and it is definitely like a juggling act you know like turning up like i knew it to a divide you're like okay i haven't done the physical preparation for this so like I'm going to have to survive like that third, fourth day are going to be miserable. Right? Like your body's going to be trying to catch up. It's not going to be used to it. And like, that's going to be a challenge or then like going to swarm again, like a week or less than a week after finishing it. It's like a two hour mountain bike race, you know? And like, you're like, okay, I've got this limited time to prepare. And like mentally it's going to be so different. Um, but trying to put those pieces together is like, is fun, but it definitely like, you sacrifice something on both ends. Um, but it's so rewarding to like, I don't know, you can put like such different experiences together, like racing. I think I did Leadville, Breck and Steamboat, like in a little period where you just like racing intense, like, you know, trying to perform, um, and pushing yourself in that way. And then like a week later, you just kind of like, on your bike out in montana <laughs> pushing into the night like um so yeah i don't know i'm like grateful to have so many different experiences and also like i know i'm in like a, a lucky position where i can do that you know like i have people or like the team uh are willing to kind of let me you know sacrifice potentially leave some results on the table but i can go and do these different things where I can still make a living out of doing that. You know, I don't have to put all my eggs in one basket, um, which I know is like, it's a lucky position to be in. Cause you know, there's a lot of people doing say the lifetime series where everything's really riding on that. Um, you know, their sponsorships and, you know, I'm kind of lucky in that I can juggle things um, and yeah, trying to put all those pieces together. He's just, it's fun and like, and it keeps the racing like fresh, you know, uh, cause it's, it's kind of like, it's always new in a way um, because you're never preparing like in the same way. You never really have the same run in. Um, and yeah, like I, I still enjoy that intensity and focus that comes in like a, an intense race environment. Um, and I like how I kind of have liked how that level's getting higher in that lifetime gravel, like USC, cause you definitely get that, Of like, all right, I'm focused on what I'm doing here for six hours, like in a in a way where I'm pushing for a result, and you kind of get that outlet. Um, But then, you know, if I was doing that week in, week out, like it would become too similar to the things I didn't like about, you know, road racing. So, yeah, it's just like it's a it's a juggling act, I guess. Um, And then, like those ultra things, it's like. I get so much out of doing those that, like, uh, I wouldn't give that up, you know, um, just, like, just on a personal level. It's just such a rewarding and, like, affirming thing to go and do. And I sort of try to try and keep it to, like, one or two a year now because uh, I don't think I need more than that. Uh, and I definitely think it's part of my personality that could disappear into that, that rabbit hole too, <laughs> you know, uh, and it would be, like probably detrimental to me at some point but like I I feel like I've kind of found that that balance and I wouldn't give those up because I mean there's just something that like when I'm out there like pushing those big days um as you said and like I've I've built up enough experience in that like realm that I really feel like when I'm doing those big pushes I'm like this is like this is me doing what I'm good at (laughs) you know like I feel like very kind of complete doing those things, even though like they're wildly hard. um, There's something special to like putting your skill set together in a place that like, and and so many of these races just take place in like super remote, beautiful areas that you're like, it's, it's something I would never give up.
1: Well, and one thing you've done with all these, I don't even know what you call them, ultra events, adventures, you know, FKTs, but they've also always been tied to something. You know, I mean, you rode to the Ukraine border to raise yeah. money for that. You, you know, you did the Alt Tour, which raised money, you know, just most recently on the Tour Divide, you know, bringing more attention and awareness to the Adventure for All organization, which, you know, is doing phenomenal things for kids with exceptionalities. Are you sometimes blown away by the, I don't want to say attention, but like the impact that you're having by doing these? I mean, almost like, hey, like, I mean, you're almost like a sacrificial lamb for, you know, these organizations like, Hey, Lachlan's going to (laughs) do this crazy thing, but like, we're going to get a lot of attention and like you're adding purpose to it as well. And I think, as you said, you know, I think that's an important value of yours is like, yes, there's a sense of you're doing this for yourself and like, you know, your own discovery of who you are and, you know, having these, you know, journeys, but equally there's always a bigger purpose tied to what you're doing. And they're getting huge traction and people are like getting involved and donating money and following along. It's, it's pretty inspiring.
2: Yeah. And I, I mean, I think it's more um, just like a reflection of like our community, the, the greatest cycling community in general. Um, there's a lot of good people who ride bikes uh, and a lot of really generous people. And it's more, I guess, like trying to mobilize that community around a cause, you know, at a given time. Um, and, you know, for me, it's like, I enjoy doing those things. It's not like a big sacrifice, you know, uh, and I'm also like aware, like, I mean your mindset is so crucial in those things that if you were doing it purely for another cause and there was nothing personal in it, it would be, you know, more difficult. So like I always take on things, I'm not like, oh, I'm just going to go do this fucked up thing because, like, you know, I want to raise money for a cause. It's like, no, I want to do this thing for myself. But what if we could also, you know, mobilize the cycling community around it and try to have, you know, a positive impact on a space? It just seems like a no-brainer to involve different causes into those rides, you know?
1: And do those? I mean, especially on something like the Tour Divide, when like you know, I listened to a podcast you did with with Pace and kind of more in depth. So if you want a more in depth like kind of review of Lachlan's, uh, yeah, Tour Divide ride, go listen to that. But as you're out there, are these do these causes ever come to mind? You know, in those moments when you're cold and you're like, you know what, I could just pull the plug now. But like you know, there's people that that can't pull the plug. You know, they like they're in a situation where like this is their reality, and you just got to get through it. I mean, is there a sense? of the connection that you have with these organizations when you're out there and when things do get tough and miserable?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, like again, I, I only, I don't try to lead on it a lot. Um, because I think like if you put too much emphasis on, um, something that's like outside of you and your own purpose, like it can make things difficult, but I think, yeah, there's definitely times when like it's difficult um, and you're in a situation you'd probably rather not be in, you know, and like, like pulling the plug seems like, um, you know, a, a pretty, uh, nice thought, like ultimately, I, I guess I come back to like, oh, it's my choice to do this, you know, like, I'm, I can you know, live like a comfortable life, but, um, and I'm lucky enough that like, that is my situation and by, I, like, I'm kind of seeking out like discomfort. Um, and then there's so many people who, you know, they just live in an uncomfortable situation that they didn't choose. Uh, and like, they're not able to just like pull the plug on it. (laughs) So, um, like I think, yeah, there is definitely times when you kind of lean on, um, that purpose. Uh, but I'd say only in like the really difficult, (laughs) you know, like, I oh, was shit moments.
1: <laughs> well, and I was speaking to a friend again about this. Like there's, you know, you've kind of like hit this perfect arch of like where you're at, you know, just with like, you know, these new events coming on, coming on scene, you know, being on a team that's like sees the value of this and sees like, Hey, we have an athlete who's also able to do this. Cause like, there's no question that like what you're doing is takes, you know, a physically gifted athlete to be able to, you know, ride the tour divide in that time. And, you know, be in the front group of these races but, you know, also to that, you know, you have your, your brother, you know, who's putting together a lot of these films. It's like, it's just, you know, and you, all these brands, you know, someone like Rafa, like they're they're like, oh my gosh, this is like exactly in line with like, you know, the clothing that they're making and the equipment. It's just like right. this perfect, like storm that's just like spiraled. And like, there's just Lachlan in the middle of it. Like, this is amazing. Do you feel like anything is like, could any of this be different? Like, are there still things to that, that Lachlan wants to do to be like, hey, you know what? I really wish that you know, we could do these other things that aren't currently happening?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think there's always, like, space to continue, like, evolving and growing, you know, as an athlete. And I think the sport is definitely evolving and growing um, at, like, a really quick rate. So, like, I always, I don't know, like, I want to be involved in, say, like, the Lifetime series, right? Like, it's a it's a fun, like cool series to be involved with. Um, but like I'd say, you know, most of the motivation I have for doing it again, like this year after before, was just to see, like, I want to be involved in it because I want to see that part of, you know, the sport succeed. And like, I want, you know, that to continue to evolve to where like, you know, younger cyclists can look at that and be like, Oh, that's a space. Like I could, I could be involved in and in make a living in, you know, racing. Um but for me it's like I need to well I feel like I need to continue like pushing myself in different ways. Uh and also like finding new events and challenges like each year to keep me like inspired in it, you know, um because like, I, I really hate the idea of ever getting to a point where I'm like, okay, I have to do this now, <laughs> you know, like, uh, like this is the space I've carved out and like now, you know, this is what I do. Uh, and cause the, the second I, like it becomes like that, um, like your motivations become less genuine. So, like everything I, I try to do is like come from a space of like, oh, first of all, like priority number one is like, is this something I just want to do? Like, does it, you know, get me excited? Does it make me nervous? Does it like make me want to get on my bike today? Like that's kind of, um, my motivation and anything beyond like that, I guess like my timing has been really good, but there's not there's not been anything like intentional you know, I'm not like seeing a, a spot that I'm like, Oh, this part of cycling's growing. I want to jump on that. Um, it's more just like, ah, oh, you know, that looks cool. <laughs> um, you know, I wonder what that'll be like to go on race or something like that. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I've been like lucky, I guess, um, in that I've found like really good support and everything is just like aligned very well. Um, but, yeah. I wish I could say it was a plan, but it just, just kind of happened.
1: Well, and and last thing, I mean, because you've been so good at like continuing to find your love and passion for riding a bike, what advice would you give to, you know, a young cyclist or someone who's just feeling burnt out on, you know, what they're doing on the bike to like break out of what they're doing, but continue to like find what drives them to get out and ride. And maybe it's, you know, a different bike, maybe it's a different speed, a different location. I mean, what does keep your thirst for getting out and pedaling?
2: I mean, like for me, the thing I enjoy the most is like being able to go out my bike every day, uh, and like explore, you know, the backyard of wherever I am and like create a ride that like, you know, and it is like you get to create a ride because it's an experience you have. Um, like each day. Like, I think that's probably the most important thing is that you enjoy that aspect of getting out on your bike every day as an opportunity to explore or, you know, like, even if it's to go and do something you've done before, but to like replicate an experience or whatever, it's an chance to like to create your day, um, around like a bike ride, which I think for me above everything is what I enjoy the most. Um, and, I think through the process of doing that and, you know, riding different bikes and putting yourself in different situations, it allows you to then, you know, go to these events and, you know, have the experience and be capable of, of racing. But like those things are kind of secondary to just the day-to-day process of like enjoying your bike and putting together cool rides. Cause like for me, that's like the thing I enjoy above all else. Uh, and if that balance is skewed, like, I think, you know, you need to kind of reassess that and just come back to like the simple enjoyment of it, you know, because like we can overcomplicate these things, but ultimately it's like, you have the chance to get out on your bike each day. Like you're kind of lucky. So, um, yeah, just simplifying it back to that. And then, you know, you can pick out goals and that beyond that, but it should always be about that kind of day to day process of just enjoying your bike ride, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean that's one thing that I've learned is especially more recently away from the world tour is that the joy has to be in the process, not in the outcome. Because if you enjoy the process, the outcome is irrelevant, and you've already you've already had all the fun. And if you do well, great. If not, then you've already had a good time.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And like your your ambitions or goals should never jeopardize like that you know simple thing of like it, it's fun because <laughs> you know like and it needs to be fun um and then you can you can go beyond that you know come race day but <laughs> the rest is like pretty simple
1: well lachlan i uh, appreciate the time i know you're a busy man i know everyone wants to hear about what you're up to um but i appreciate it and i'm sure i'll see you out on some courses next year so, yeah man can't wait good to chat
0: Well, well, well. There we have it, folks. Another episode of Breakfast with Boz being served by Wahoo. I hope you all enjoyed today's conversation with Lachlan Morton. If you want to learn and see more about Lachlan's Tour Divide record, you're in luck because on December 16th, Lachlan and EF Education Easy Post are releasing a YouTube video over at their YouTube channel, which is following along Lachlan as he starts in Canada and finishes in Mexico, the highs and the lows and everything else in between. So be sure to mark your calendars for December 16th over at the EF Education Easy post channel because Lachlan has plenty more to share than he shared here on the podcast and you'll get to see the highs, the lows, The smiles and the sadness um, that comes across someone on such a long bikepacking trip. So stay tuned for that. And until next time, folks, stay safe, stay healthy. And I'll catch you back here next time on Breakfast with Boz being served by Wahoo. And in closing, thank you once again to my friend Tom Wally for editing and producing this episode.